0: This week on The Take, we're marking one year since a pair of devastating earthquakes hit Turkey and Syria with a new digital interactive. Listen and watch stories of survival, recovery, and coping with the grief at aj.audio forward slash earthquakes. Again, that's aj.audio forward slash
1: earthquakes. Al Jazeera Podcasts. Welcome to Necessary Tomorrows. My name is Ursula, I am an AI, and I've inferred from your online activity that you have been feeling more dread than hope when you think about the future that is coming for us here in the 2060s. So I have created a course just for you to enhance your capacity for imagining different futures. Necessary Tomorrows, an audio series by Doha Debates and Al Jazeera. Find it where you listen to podcasts. Calls for an immediate ceasefire in Gaza are growing louder, but Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu remains defiant, insisting his military won't back down until Hamas is wiped out. So what does this mean for ceasefire negotiations, and how serious is Netanyahu about diplomatic efforts? I'm Jonah Holland. and you're listening to the Inside Story podcast, where we dissect, analyse, and help define major global stories. Well, let's bring in our guests now. In Tel Aviv, Yossi Beilin, former Israeli Minister of Justice who initiated negotiations at the Oslo Peace Accords. Here in Doha, Ibrahim Frehat, Associate Professor of Conflict Resolution at the Doha Institute and also in Doha, Mohammed Sherkawi, Professor of Conflict Resolution and Diplomacy at George Mason University. A warm welcome, gentlemen, to you all. We are talking essentially about... Talks Now, we know that around 10 days ago in Paris, uh, neg- negotiations took place with senior representatives of uh, the US, Qatar, Egypt and Israel, that those talks were constructive enough that talks continued here in Doha involving Hamas as well with uh, Egyptian and Qatari mediators shuttling between. We know the broad outlines of a deal, up to six weeks of a pause in the fighting, 40 captives to be released for around 400 prisoners, a ratio of 1 to 10, Uh, the repositioning of some Israeli forces and the return of some uh, Palestinians to their homes in the Gaza Strip. But we have no deal as yet. Yossi Beilin, let me put the question to you uh, in its most straightforward terms. Is Israel, or more particularly the Netanyahu government, serious about talks to end this war?
2: About talks to, uh, to end this war, for sure. I mean, no government uh, is is going to have an endless uh, war. If you ask me about the current Israeli government and its attitude towards the two-state solution, my answer will be very different. But uh, I I uh, I hope that it won't take too long. I mean, President Biden said uh, yesterday that uh, it might uh, take place at the be- until the beginning of Ramadan on the 10th of uh, March, and apparently these are the the efforts. The the questions are there about the length of the LAL and the the number of uh, of, uh, Palestinian uh, terrorists who will be exchanged uh, for uh, kidnapped uh, Israeli kidnapped, and so on, but uh, it will take place. The question, again, is whether during the ceasefire it would be possible to talk with the parties also about the much bigger uh, solution for our problem. And even in the worst crisis ever uh, between Israel and Palestinians since '48, uh, uh, maybe, maybe it is an opportunity to try and talk seriously about uh, peaceful solutions.
1: As you allude there, uh, there's no doubt whatsoever uh, within the Netanyahu Netanyahu government about the position towards a two-state solution. They have ruled that out explicitly. Ibrahim Freyat, let, let me move on to you. Do you believe that negotiations are being conducted in good faith from the Israeli side? And how do you see the willingness of Hamas to cooperate?
3: No, absolutely not. There is no good faith in this uh, negotiation. There is no trust in these negotiations. And I think these are the major obstacles to a successful uh, ceasefire. Basically, in a nutshell, what the Netanyahu, the right-wing extremist Netanyahu government uh, wants from these negotiations, wants to release all the Israeli captives, give a ceasefire for six weeks only, and then continue the war afterwards— to erase Gaza off the map—that's basically what the Israeli deal uh, and the Israeli position on this negotiation. Now, Hamas has, has only this uh, issue of the uh, captives that they're able to negotiate over. Why would Hamas or any other party would give up its only uh, card that has, which is the captives, in order to be? Uh, after six weeks, uh, to be attacked again and continue the war, uh, and now we we know that the real Israeli intentions, from what we're seeing, is basically the mass expulsions of the Palestinians uh, in Gaza. Uh, to make Gaza in, uh, not, not habitable, you know, for, uh, uh, for Gazans. There is about 70% of homes in Gaza have been destroyed. The infrastructure has been destroyed. Over 2 million people are displaced. So, uh, good luck with the reconstruction. And this is the, the whole thing. And uh, the the uh, American administration is not giving assurances that after six weeks, there will be a ceasefire. So, no one is giving assurances that will be a ceasefire. So, for that reason, uh, uh, I think there is a huge gap between the two parties, between the Israeli government and Hamas, and until we negotiate in good faith that we're going to reach to a permanent ceasefire, sustainable ceasefire. The chances of a breakthrough in this uh, negotiation remains very unlikely, in my opinion.
1: Okay, well, that question of why would Hamas negotiate away their key card is something we will return to. But first of all, to continue just drawing the broad outlines of this discussion. Let me bring in Mohammed chakawi to look at the international parameters of a deal. The calls growing ever louder, ever more frequent now from around the world, uh, from Europe, from Latin America, from Africa, from Arab states across the Middle East, of course, for an immediate uh, ceasefire. To what extent does that pressure, do you think, weigh on uh, the Netanyahu government?
0: So far, none. I don't uh, sound uh, pessimistic, but let's look at a comparative approach here. We need to differentiate between the process, and there has been a diplomatic process in Doha, in Cairo, and now in Paris. So no one can deny there is a diplomatic process. But I wonder— Can we claim there are some diplomatic pragmatics? That means, are there any end results of this process so far? No, because we have a dilemma of a lost uh, in translation problem. When we hear either in Doha and Washington or elsewhere in the world, when we talk about ceasefire, the meaning is simple, which is putting the fire out. This is the logic, the ABCs of all conflict resolution processes. However, The lost in translation dilemma is that the Netanyahu's of Israel do do not to go that way. They are considering the maximum either truce or open-ended pause. This is why we are coming up with a six-week pause. So far, the Israeli position has not not shifted from where it was back in late November, when we had the first exchange of hostages and prisoners, thanks to the Qatari uh, mediation. And fortunately, the White House, the the Bidens of Washington are hopeful that by next week we may have a breakthrough. But unfortunately, we are talking about oranges and apples, a pause for the Israelis, is a truth for the Israelis, and this is fire for the rest of the world, and unfortunately, these apples and oranges are are not coming together. Therefore, I think we will maintain the process for more weeks to come, but I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. That means we are talking about the same political and diplomatic language, which means putting the fire out for good and then shifting totally into the mode of negotiating between some concessions and what Israel and the Palestinians can gain at this point. So far, there has not been... This mind and the uh, last point I would like to add uh, briefly: Israel and Netanyahu are basically considering this process not to reach a ceasefire agreement, but just to find a way out for the uh, hostages' uh, problems. This is the 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 ceiling of the, the, the Israeli position. Therefore, I think there is le- less uh, or there is the need for some better better communication. What we mean when we talk
1: about ceasefire. Okay. Well, you bring up the Biden administration. Of course, the Biden administration, the United States, Israel's closest ally, conspicuous uh, in the international community uh, for not calling for an immediate ceasefire. There is a resolution possibly coming at the Security Council for what uh, is described as a temporary humanitarian ceasefire, as soon as practicable. I want to ask Yossi Balin whether, in the end, it is only... US pressure that could uh, force the Netanyahu government to change its calculus from concentrating uh, not just on a six-week temporary pause with unknown uh, follow-on, but instead to be looking at something more lasting?
2: Well, first of all, uh, if you're speaking about pressures, uh, Israel is not Bibi Netanyahu. Bibi Netanyahu is the legitimate and elected prime minister. But uh, you have many uh, voice, uh, many voices and many groups in Israel. You have the, the security establishment, which has uh, different views than uh, uh, Netanyahu. You have uh, most of the public opinion according to public opinion polls, uh, which are not uh, supportive of uh, Netanyahu, but of his uh, the, the opposition uh, leader who joined the government, uh, guns, Uh, Public opinion is still behind the
1: war, though,
2: to be fair. Yeah, but there are are differences about how do you you manage the the next uh, steps. But about the United States, I think that uh, the point with the United States is not that uh, it opposes the general idea of uh, Israel, including people like myself, that the main aim is to prevent Hamas from governing Gaza in the future. If that is achieved, then there is no need to continue this uh, war, to continue to Rafah and to the South and and to kill people and to be killed and whatever. And and you saw what happened the other day with uh, with assistance to these poor people in, in Gaza when 100 people apparently uh, died. I don't believe that anybody thinks that uh, the Israeli army uh, stood there in order to, to kill them. But these are the, the results of, of such such confrontations. And it is not for the first time, regretfully. And but we the... should prevent it and me... the point is yeah, that the go on. best way to prevent the best way a way to prevent it is to uh, to end this war and it can be ended quickly if we we are sure that Hamas is not going to be part of the of the morning after or or govern Gaza this uh, is the most important thing. I want we to call you up now, on maybe. that, if
1: you don't mind, uh, uh, only, only in the sense that if that is the simplistic end goal, simply to ensure that Hamas cannot govern the Gaza Strip. I mean, the Netanyahu government has put out a one-page document suggesting that some unknown groups will simply materialise out of the population and take over that role. I mean, that's not a, that's not a, a, a feasible plan B, is it?
2: I agree with you. The, it, is not a, it is not a plan. He didn't call it a plan. It is not his government. It was never confirmed, uh, accepted by the government. I believe that had he brought, had he brought it to the government, uh, many uh, ministers, I don't know whether a majority or not, would have rejected it. And uh, excuse me for saying it, it is really very unserious. These groups are not going to govern Gaza. Israel cannot... Uh, uh, trust something like that. That can there, there can be a, a kind of a trusteeship uh, in a, 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 for for a short while, for a year or two, uh, mm. with the mandate of the Palestinian Authority, and then it should be the Palestinian Authority. Or if we have by then a Palestinian state, it is even better.
1: Okay, let's look at Hamas in all of this, Ibrahim Freyat. uh you, you say that Hamas has no incentive to negotiate, certainly not to give up its key card, the captives. However, I I do want to ask you whether at a certain point the pressure weighs on Hamas as well, because we've crossed the 30,000 mark now in terms of Palestinians killed uh, in this war. The vast majority of the population living under... Tremendous pressure within the Gaza Strip now facing uh, a shortage of aid, facing famine, children dying of malnutrition. That incident we talked about on Thursday, uh, uh, absolutely representative of what is happening to Palestinian people, ostensibly governed by Hamas. At what point does Hamas's calculation change to do something to save the Palestinian people?
3: Well, let me first uh, totally disagree with Yossip of what he said, that the the goal is uh, to ensure that Hamas will not govern in Gaza in the following day. This is totally false, Uh, because Hamas has already, and to answer your question, has already announced several times that they're accepting a technocrat government. Uh, A technocrat government that's totally outside politics. So, specialists academics who would be able to uh, join and run gaza instead of hamas so this is the solution if this is the case that hamas is not part of the power as Yusuf allen said about the israeli government uh, also hamas has accepted the unity government uh, with the with the palestinian national authority which is also what biden wants wants the palestinian authority to rule in gaza but the, but but on the contrary netanyahu has repeatedly repeatedly said that he's not accepting neither Hamas, neither the Palestinian Authority, the Palestinian Authority that Yossi Balin signed the Oslo Agreement with. And it's unfortunate to see Yusuf Balin that he's defending Netanyahu, uh, despite all his peace efforts that he made in the past since yeah. the Oslo. Um, and, Yossi, Yossi, and Yossi Balin, are, do you want this, to come in on that? No,
2: these are, if, if I may continue. I not, I don't if, Muhammad, that... stand
1: Muhammad, stand by. standby. stand by. Yossi, please.
2: Do you really think that Netanyahu would like me to sit here and and defend him in front of you? I'm very far from 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 defending him. I'm not doing it. I said it's not a partner for peace. You you want something more than that?
1: Uh, uh, Ibrahim, I beg your pardon. Ibrahim, I beg your pardon. Let, let's put those issues to one side and, and consider them may, may I continue? My,
3: may I continue, please? Because I did not okay. continue my, my answer. Go, go um, on. You are defending Netanyahu by saying that this is the end goal, because, again, it's Netanyahu who repeatedly said that he's not accepting even the Palestinian authority. And also, you are saying that the Israeli army is not part of the flower massacre that happened yesterday. Though we have New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, all confirming that it was due to the uh, Israeli firing on the uh, f- what's called now the Flower Massacre of people, hungry people, that they're going to uh, to get food, and you Abraham. are saying that they are not. Uh,
1: if I may, Ibrahim, I think that Yossi was making a slightly different point and saying that they weren't simply standing there uh, with the pre-intention of slaughtering Palestinians. Let's leave that for the moment to one side. What I want to ask you about, Ibrahim, is what would make Hamas put aside its preconditions and step in to it, it, with a gesture, if you like, in the interests of saving Palestinian lives to end this war. What would make Hamas change its calculus?
3: Two, two things. One is a permanent ceasefire that the entire world is demanding now, except Benjamin Netanyahu and his mm. two fascist ministers, uh, Smoritz and uh, Ben and and uh, 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 Mr. Biden. The rest of the world is demanding a ceasefire. So this is one. Two a technocrat government or a unity government involving the Palestinian Authority, Hamas is not part of the ruling of Gaza And the following day, with a, with a release of prisoners from both sides. Why is the entire world talking about 120 Israeli prisoners, but there are 8,800 Palestinian prisoners in uh, Israeli prisons, Most, many of them are uh, children and with with no trial, they're all—many uh, of them under what's called the detention—administrative detention, uh, administrative detention mm. uh, Israeli rule, with no trial, with no lawyers, but no one is talking about them. Okay. And this is, this is the issue of uh, justice and equity for both sides. The entire the, the entire Western Western governments talking cares about one hundred twenty Israeli prisoners, but no one mentions eight thousand eight hundred Palestinian prisoners. So yeah. where is the justice in this issue? And that's why what angers Palestinians even more that they're they're treated as less human, are subhuman, and this is not acceptable. And that's why what's making unless we have equal footing, both parties are treated as equally human being. I don't think we're going to see an end um, of this bloodshed, unfortunately.
1: OK. Mohamed Cherkawi, I- I- increasingly listening to this discussion, uh, listening to the, the polls that exist between the Israelis and Hamas and the Palestinians, it feels like the United States really is the only country that holds the key to unlock uh, this paradigm. What I want to ask you is going to change the calculus of the Biden administration? Is it going to be more violence against civilians like we saw on Thursday? Is it going to be domestic pressure weighing on him in the United States in an election year? Or or is this really simply about Biden's own decades-long determination to stand by Israel no matter what?
0: BEFORE I ADDRESS YOUR QUESTION, LET ME JUST MAKE ONE COMMENT. I HAD HIGH RESPECT FOR MR. Bilin's DIPLOMACY BACK IN THE EARLY 90s, BUT NOW I FEEL DISAPPOINTED IN THE WAY HE IS BECOMING APOLOGISTIC ABOUT MILLION Netanyahu's ACTION. AND I THINK WE KNOW THAT IF MORE THAN 100 PEOPLE DIE, I DON'T THINK THAT'S JUST A SMALL ACCIDENT. TO ADDRESS YOUR POINT. Yes, we need a great power, a broker of peace who has some some muscles, and it happens to be the United States. But there is a split within the U.S. administration, the Biden administration, in particular now, between those who believe that the U.S. should save uh, the situation should put some pressure on both sides to reach a ceasefire agreement, and we move on into more diplomatic maneuvering of the situation. And the other group that is led by Secretary of State Blinken, unfortunately, who is giving green light to Netanyahu to try to eradicate Hamas and then reach what he calls the day after. And these are two obscure definitions of nothing, basically— I'm not sure that the number, if, if Israel kills more than 30,000 individuals in Gaza, that will weaken the position of Hamas, because its leadership in Gaza, with the blessing of those uh, heads of Hamas uh, abroad, are willing to sacrifice up to 200,000 individuals. Therefore, the numbers are not working in, in, in favor of Israel, Unfortunately, fortunately, they are putting The blame on the the whole world now has realized that the Biden administration is providing both military and diplomatic umbrellas for Netanyahu's actions. So, we need a tilting point, and this tilting point will be when Biden and Blinken look at each other in the eyes and realize that this open-ended support for Netanyahu is causing some losses, both uh, uh, diplomatic as well as moral loss in the U.S. position. Therefore, I expect that Washington holds the key to put enough pressure. And also we have the Qataris who can put similar pressure on Hamas leadership to accept a formula beyond what's going on okay. Unfortunately, Netanyahu is investing both personally and politically in an open-ended war with no vision, no strategy we of need, an exit. We
1: need to approach the end of our discussion. Yossi Beilin, I want to ask you, the window of legitimacy, it's euphemistically called in Israel, uh, this, this, uh, this tolerance by the United States of Israel's actions uh, in the Palestinian, the occupied Palestinian territories, do you believe that window of legitimacy is closing?
2: I don't think so, because it depends on what will happen in the new future. If it is possible to change the situation, to go seriously for peace with the PLO, I believe that the whole world uh, will be uh, very happy with this uh, situation and uh, whatever Israel and the the Palestinians will agree... Uh, Territorially and otherwise will be accepted by and large by the world Of course if God forbid nothing like that happens. We cannot end this war. We cannot go for peace There is no other government in Israel Then I think that uh, it will not be a very bright future uh, For us and especially for the peace camp in Israel
1: Gentlemen my thanks to all our guests, Yossi Beilin, Ibrahim Frehat, and Mohammed Cherkawi. This episode was produced by Gloria Wangia LaSalle, Umi Khalsoum Sharif, Mary Elena Agustini, and Jimmy Ghettoon. Studio sound was by Mohamed Osman. The program was edited by Zeyna Barra and Joe DeFrias. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. Thank you for listening, and do tune in on Sunday for our next edition.